Hey, this is Nate Dancer with Purity for Life, and you're about to listen to a replay of episode number 511. This episode was originally released as part of a mini-series called Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom. The lesson in this episode is Handle Failure Wisely. If you haven't already heard this or listened to that series, I hope it really blesses you. And just FYI, we're recording new episodes for that series this week. So maybe this will whet your appetite for what's coming up. All right, here's the episode. Imagine this. For the first time in your life, you're leaving all the miserable consequences of sexual sin behind you and walking forward in real freedom. You have peace in your conscience. There's nothing hidden in your relationships. You are tasting the joys of fellowship with God. And then you fail. Now what? Hey, I'm Nate Dancer with Purity for Life. This is the third episode in our latest mini-series, Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom. Today we're going to tackle an incredibly important topic, how to handle failure. If you have a fall, you pick yourself back up again, repent, and get right back on track doing the things you've been doing. That's the important thing, is to keep going forward. Steve and Kathy Gallagher are with me for this important episode. We'll talk about what to do and what not to do when you fail so that you don't get fatally sidetracked on the road to freedom. Okay, so Pastor Steve and Kathy, this series is called Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom, and what we're really trying to do is give people who are in the early stages of repentance some real help for what they're going to face in the future, because it's just an uncertain time. It's a difficult process to go through, and we don't want people to be discouraged. We want people to make the right choices at the right time. And so one thing that we've already talked about was the need to live by faith instead of feelings. We talked about um, the need to just never quit, that this we got to be in this for the long haul. Uh, what we want to talk about in this episode is learning to deal with failure. And so obviously we've kind of given ourselves away, <laughs> even by having a title like this. It you know it, even if we've genuinely repented, it doesn't mean um, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to be instantaneously delivered from all temptations, and it doesn't mean that they'll never stumble or even fall. Let's start here. Could you give people a realistic sense of what their lives will look like? if they've genuinely repented in terms of victory over sexual sin? That's a very good way to ask that question. I'm glad you asked it like you did, because their lives should look quite a bit different than before. And I'm not just talking about sexual sin. I'm referring to the whole general flow of life, the way they live their lives. Because it's been my experience 99% of the time that the home life is usually not that great from the Lord's perspective. There's been a lot of compromise, maybe worldliness, maybe carnality, maybe selfishness, maybe pride on both sides of you know the aisle, so to speak. So what is needed is a whole new lifestyle 
that is pleasing to the Lord from the husband, of course, he's the one who really needs to change, but the wife as well is going to have areas in her life that they hopefully can both be moving in a direction that is closer to what the Lord desires. As part of that, the man is going to be doing better and better and better in regards to sexual temptation. And if he's got a good devotional life established and so on, he's going to find that those temptations just don't have the power they had. So he's headed in a definite direction. Yeah, so for a wife, it kind of is the same thing. Even though she hasn't been the one who has been in sin, I'm sure, <laughs> from my own experience, you develop habits that are definitely negative and you get things set in motion in your own heart and life that God needs to deal with and you have to you have to cooperate with him as well. When I'm counseling a woman, one of the things I try to get her to do with her husband is to pray. It's like there's probably nothing more solid and stable that they can do together as a couple. Because you're being vulnerable and you're opening your heart up, and hopefully it won't turn into a big argument when you're praying, but that's a good starting place for a wife to get into the place of supporting him as he's journeying his way through this, because you you can't stand outside of it and look in. You have to actually come into it with him and help him walk through this and get on his team. He, If there has been genuine repentance, you will know it. And you won't have to question, is he just pulling the wool over my eyes? Is he messing with my head? Don't even go there. Just assume the best and get on his team and pray with him. But also for your own life, as far as the lifestyle changes that have to take place, you know, I'm just going to be pretty blunt here. If you've got carnality going on in your own life, you need to deal with that. Regardless of your husband, I'm just saying that as a Christian, you need to deal with things in your own heart and life. You know, if your social media is off the chart, if you're on in television, YouTube, whatever the junk is that's going on out there that is pulling you away from Jesus, those things have to be dealt with because you're not an island either, and you have to you have to come out of the world in certain ways as well and then join together with your husband. This battle is your is both of yours. It's not just his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really grateful for how you guys handled that question because it does broaden the vision, which we always need because we want to focus on the one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's just right. get this one area taken yeah. care of so that my life can be better. And the Lord is just not thinking that way. And yeah. we need to understand things from his perspective. Um, I wanted to ask this question about how hopeful a person should be about what their new life could look like. Should Should they hope for, should they believe for a life where they are impervious to temptation and they will never fall again? I think impervious to temptation would be unrealistic, (laughs) uh, like kind of over the top. Um, We still live in a very fallen world, and we have a fallen nature, and the two of those are always looking to connect, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't want to take it that far. What I would say is it would be right, and the Lord would want and expect a man to be living a lifestyle 
where victory is the norm. Victory is the daily life. Um, winning those battles would take place on a regular basis. Maybe there would be an occasional fall. Maybe not. A lot of guys, when they make that turnaround, they go on and they just never really struggle again. I don't know exactly why some do and some don't, but that's the way a lot of it uh, guys go. So all I would say, though, the wonderful thing about the Lord is it's not all resting on us. Mm -hmm. We have our side to it, but this is where grace kicks in. When a man is sincerely trying, the Lord is going to be sincerely working with him. And I can just tell you from my own experience, uh, let's see, it's been 37 years Mm -hmm. now, I think, Mm -hmm. that um, the Lord has covered me many times. You know, like down through the years, and especially the earlier years when I was still pretty raw and still pretty, all that stuff was pretty um, recent, there were times that situations would arise or, or whatever, and the Lord would just arrange the circumstances where it was easier to do the right thing than the wrong, you know? And that's all I can say. And I knew it was the Lord, and I went along with the Lord, and I didn't have a problem. And I, I would say that we can count on his grace to be there to help us win those battles when we are sincerely trying. I wanted to just throw out a kind of a kind of a different perspective on the question of people wanting to know, will I ever fall again? And am I like, is it all over just because I, I blew it again? And I, my thought was the point here is not human perfection. We are not going after human perfection. We are becoming, and this is a big word, becoming more Christ-like. And we all want to be done with sin. We don't want to keep failing. We don't want to keep falling. And the Lord doesn't want us to either. But those failures, as hard as they can be, are part of the transformation process. We have to journey out of sin The Lord is using the struggle. He's using the battle. And that is so much a part of the transformation process. I remember when Steve would fall and it felt like the bottom was dropping out. But actually what was happening was we were getting closer and closer to the end of the matter. We were coming out of the thing. You know, it was like he was having to get freed of or purged from that old life. It was still clinging to him in some ways, but he was fighting. And I was fighting, not him. We weren't fighting each other. We were fighting to get through this thing. And so we were throwing off all that weight and all the sins that were so easily entangling us because we were going in a direction. So I wouldn't be overly discouraged when someone has failed. It it is, I'm not saying get excited about it either. But I'm just saying that it's not the end of the road just because someone blows it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's good because that's one of the things I did want to talk about was how to handle failure because it is very hard. There's the the discouragement for the wife or worse than discouragement, but just the overwhelming fear that nothing's changed. Uh, This is going to go on forever. I can never trust him. I can never rest and settle Mm -hmm. in this new life. There's the feelings, you know, in the side of the man. It's just, it stirs up all those old desires Mm -hmm. and the 
it brings about a darkness, a feeling of being disconnected from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a wrong way to handle failure. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the right way. What mm-hmm. are some things? How do they move forward? Well, the first thing I would say is what kind of failure are we talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, are we talking about a lapse into pornography or are we talking about, you know, hooking up with another person? Because those are two hugely different things. Yes, that's right. So um, let's just say that it's a lapse into pornography. So we'll keep it down more of a minimal sort of thing. It's what I say to guys all the time, you know, that if you have a fall, you pick yourself back up again, repent, and get right back on track doing the things you've been doing. That's the important thing is to keep going forward and don't, you know, don't just stop and and just die on the spot. Yeah, you right. got to just right. keep going, doing the things that you've been doing because mm-hmm. you are headed in a direction, just like Deary says. You are going somewhere. That's where you want to keep going. This it's a setback. It definitely is. But what's the alternative to right. stop? You know, not right. fight anymore. No, that's not an option. So, so, what I always say is that failure is not a fall. Failure is quitting. That's right. And that mm. is the one thing we do not want to do, cannot do, must not do is to quit. So, there's two extremes you can take. You know, so you pick yourself up again and you get going again. The devil, when you do that, the devil is going to try to take you in one of two extremes. The one would be what I just said, to quit, to just get so despondent and discouraged that you just give up inside. What's the use? I'm never going to change. I'm not changing. I still want this stuff like I always did, which is not true. If you've been going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. that is not true. But it feels that way Mm -hmm. at that moment. So that's one way the enemy can get someone, but there are certain types of personalities that can easily go into a Pollyanna delusional state where they're not really dealing with it. They're not really having a deep repentance over what they just did. They are just sloughing it off too much so. You know, they're sloughing it off like it didn't even phase them. And so we don't want that either because that means there's nothing of any depth happening inside them through this process. So um, the right thing is to do is to repent to the Lord. There should be some sincere grief about it. You should feel badly mm-hmm. and repent to the Lord sincerely, genuinely. And then you just got to get back on track mm-hmm. and keep going. You can't just drag it behind you. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. I think that's perfect for on on the man's side. Now, Kathy, if this man is married, then likely he's married to a woman who has already been through a lot. Mm -hmm. This is not the first time she's had to face this. And so this failure can be really traumatic for her. Um, All of the pain is freshly opened again. The wounds are open again. It brings back a lot of the memories that she hoped were completely behind her. Maybe she hasn't even really healed from Mm -hmm. a lot of these memories. What does she need to hear about these failures and how does she deal with them? Yeah, this is, this is my, um, I have been there. If his repentance is genuine, a failure does not nullify that. It doesn't take you back to ground zero. I remember so well 
the dichotomy of seeing Steve deeply, deeply repentant and then fall. It was very hard to understand because I know what I had seen. I knew that repentance. It was in my face. I could not get away from what had happened to him spiritually. So what is this? You know, what, yeah. what in the world are you doing here? You know, you said, you said a lot of things to me. You said a lot of things to the Lord. Your, things were changing. And now this. All I want to say to women is this is part of the process. I had to learn it. You have to learn it. It's not the end. It's not over. We're not going back to ground zero. Actually, the way I see it now, it was the lingering remnants of that old life that are being purged. It wasn't a failure, um, but it was like a finality to the whole awful thing. It's like he had a few failures with pornography after that huge, big repentance. And it just, yeah, it was pretty devastating because, man, you just, you go, the wife goes right back to the beginning of it. But what was happening in between the falls was he was changing, and I could see the change was real. And so we go along for a few months, and then, boom, it happens again. And in my mind, in the female mind, we're back to ground zero. We have to start all over again. But he was still changing. And the the failures became less and less. There was more period of time in between those bad spots. Um, So he was changing. He was repenting. He was just having to battle his way out of it. It's not... Like he, okay, in my mind, I was thinking, he just wants this stuff. That's why he keeps going back to it. That's, that was what my heart was. Um, Cause that fear just takes over inside and you think that he's just messing with your head, but that's not what was happening. And that's not what's happening. They are moving forward. It just doesn't feel forward to us. The thing that every woman should be looking for isn't necessarily the sin, but the fruit of repentance. And there was more fruit of repentance in the daily life than there was sinful behavior. Um, What is happening in him spiritually? What does his life with God look like? That's the thing. I have such a hard time trying to get through to women because we take it so personal what our husbands have done to us. It's just so personal. It's like such a horrible attack. We are always looking at how this is affecting me. And I don't mean to make it sound like it's a horrible thing. It's just the reality. What you should be seeing is what is going on with his life with God, because that's the most important thing, not the marriage. The marriage is not most important. I hate to say it. I know that ruffles feathers, but the most important thing is his walk with God. If that is growing, your marriage will end up where it's supposed to end up. But if all he is focused on is you and your feelings and how this is making you feel, he's not going to grow spiritually. That's not how it works. Mm. Um, The thing that kept me hanging on with Steve was the repentance in him and the life that was developing in him spiritually. That's what kept me going. I saw something, even in the midst of failures, I saw reality, and I wasn't going to let go of that. And that reality doesn't mean an absolutely transformed life overnight. No, it took years. You know, and it wasn't, to be honest with you, sexual sin was like, in a certain way, the easy part. 
yeah, he would have his lapses. But there were things in Steve, deeply rooted attitudes and ways of thinking that God needed to deal with, you know. And once the sexual sin got dealt with, I thought, oh, boy, a new husband. Won't this be fun? <laughs> right. I was like, hello, who is this guy? You know, I mean, the sexual sin was gone, but there was a, an angry, grumpy, disgruntled, complaining husband still there. Those were the things that had to, the Lord was working out of him. So we just don't have a very, like, realistic, I hate to say it, we have a very fairy tale mentality about marriage women, I'm now saying. We think of it like it's supposed to be utopia on earth, and it's just not. What it is is two sinners coming together under the banner of Jehovah and allowing him to work into us, both of us, his compassion, his mercy, his patience, his long-suffering, all that he is, we are supposed to be becoming, not a happily married couple necessarily. That's mm. not really the goal as I see it. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's a lot to chew on, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm glad you say that stuff and not me. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I have seen with quote-unquote sexual addiction specialists is this idea that the, you know, the failure should be thoroughly analyzed. Like, where was I? What did I feel? What were my triggers? Um, my goodness. And I think the idea is just that if I can understand all the dynamics, then I can protect myself from those circumstances in the future, and that will keep me from relapsing or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is there any value in this approach, like analyzing the failure, or is that just kind of a lost cause? Well, I can tell you this. I sure am grateful I have the Lord, and I'm not dependent on my ability to analyze myself yeah, and all of that. Sure. Uh, I, I suppose there may be a little bit of value to it, but really comparatively to putting your energy and your time and your effort into developing a life with God, it is like night and day difference. It's mm -hmm. like three cents worth of help versus a million dollars worth of help. You know, you're talking about the power of Almighty God working on your behalf inside you, transforming your life, changing your circumstances, carrying you through life. Okay, compare that to analyzing yourself. Are you kidding me? You know, so, but that's the difference between worldly wisdom yes. and the wisdom that comes from God mm -hmm. and from a life in God. And, um, so, all, you know, all I can say is this is not a mental battle. This That's is a right. spiritual battle, right. and it's not one through knowledge of ourselves. It's one through connection to God, and it's that connection to God that gives us the victory. Hmm. You know, the whole this whole idea of analyzing self, to me, it's like just an extension of what people have already been in because sin is like um, a thesis on self. You know, and why why do you need to look at yourself? Why yeah It's just being more wrapped up in yourself. It is. That's it's really like what it totally is. Totally taking you away from where you should be putting your head and your heart, which is in the Lord. He we call each other dearie just for the audience, in case <laughs> yeah, you're wondering yeah, why he called we call each other dearies. <laughs> yeah. What Deary just said is absolutely true. It's like 
Put your energy, put your effort, put your head into the word of God, into spending time with Jesus, because that is where the change comes from, not by looking at yourself. We already know we're a mess. We're a mess, you know, and we need help. And it's not going to come from our self-life. And mm-hmm. that the whole thing is just such a worldly wisdom approach to me. And it just, it grieves me. And now you know why there's no hope in this world, because yeah. they just yeah. have nothing yeah. to yeah. offer. They just don't. You know, one of the struggles that I had with this whole interview was that we're talking about the good in in some ways that can come out of failure. And it's a touchy subject because you don't want to give people a sense that every single time I fall, that good's going to come out of it. <laughs> that can really kind of let people off the hook. And sin has destructive consequences every single time. Mm-hmm. So um, I know, Pastor Steve, in your book, At the Altar of Sexual Idolatry, you when you talked about this, you were very clear, this should never be an excuse to give in to any kind of sin. And you did touch on the good that can come out of it. I was hoping maybe you could identify some of the specific kinds of good that can come out of a failure. Okay, well, first of all, let's set the proper stage here. We're talking about a man who's walking in victory, but then has a failure. So he's been mostly in victory for a matter of months or something like that. We're not talking about a guy who's still back in the throes of sin. Mm -hmm. So a guy who is, things are going pretty well, you know, and he's doing pretty good, and so he has a failure. Is there a silver lining to this cloud? Yes, I would say there there certainly could be. It's The potential is certainly there. Um, Yeah, it'd be better not to sin. It'd be better because, like you said, there are consequences and so on, but it's not all black. It's not all negative. Uh, For instance, it's a humbling you know, just there is just an an element of that old pride that's still there, and you know, especially when you start doing well f- for a time, then you start feeling pretty self confident and self reliant, and sometimes we need to be taken down a peg or two, and so uh, a failure can be a positive in that sense. Um, another thing is that it creates and deepens the hatred for sin because there's consequences. And you get sick and tired of paying the price mm-hmm. for that little bit of fun. And so that goes deeper in you, which is a good thing also, um, which that's the sort of thing that really can keep you later when a temptation comes along you start remembering, yeah, I know it could be really fantastic for a few minutes, but I'm remembering the the aftermath, and it ain't worth it. You know, that kind of a thought mm-hmm. can come to you. Um, and the other thing we need to keep in mind is God's approach to our dilemma is holistic. You know, he's not interested in just cleaning up this one little sin. That's we right. would be happy if that's all he would yeah. do. Just leave me alone. Let me live my worldly, carnal, selfish life. Just take this one sin out of my life because it's bothering me and it's making my wife really mad, you know. So take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He doesn't think like us. Praise God. Uh, <laughs> he's thinking about a complete change of character 
and a movement of our entire being headed towards him yes. and his Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. And that encompasses all the different elements of our nature. So it's not just a matter of sexual sin. He's wanting change everywhere and everything about us. So, um, yeah, we would be happy maybe to keep things as they are other than this one sin. But God wants to move us into a life of true victory. Yeah, and um, Kathy, I'd ask the same thing to you for the wife. What good can come to her from her husband's failures? I have a short list. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the first thing I would say is dependence on the Lord, because we can very easily go through life without depending on Him when life is nice. So I see it as a blessing, (laughs) that it has caused me to really cry out to the Lord and put my faith and all my hope in Him. I needed to be humbled. Greatly, I needed to be humbled. You know, when you're the wife and quote-unquote victim, you can really get yourself in a mental quagmire, a spiritual quagmire of trouble from thinking that you're a victim and losing sight of the sovereign the sovereignty of God, you know, I've, I have had to go through this struggle a million times in my life. Where is God in all of this? He's in every part of it. That's my answer to it now. After 43 years of marriage and looking back, he used it powerfully in my life. I needed to be humbled greatly. Even at the ripe age of 21, when all this hell broke loose on my life, I needed to be humbled. But it also helped me to see the real battle that my husband was in, and it helped me to see how the Lord uses our struggles and sins to deal with us, to purge us, to conform us. My sight was raised up from not just my life in this world, but to the bigger picture of what God is doing. It's so much more than what we can see. We're just so, so earthbound, and, you know, it's obvious— It's natural to be that way, but the Lord is lifting our vision, at least wanting to lift our vision to something more than just life on this earth. Um, I needed the Lord. All these years, these decades we have been going through dealing with our own issues, but also dealing with so many other people, you have to ask yourself, what is God doing with all of that? What is the point of all of that? That's kind of what we've been saying in different ways through this whole thing. We are being conformed to the image of Christ. We are not just putting off the old man. We are putting on Christ. That's the point. So to lose our lives in this world and to repent and turn away from our sin means that we're turning to him and that we are taking on Christ-likeness. And that, to me, it's worth all the battle. It's worth all the struggle. Jesus is the prize. He is the goal. That's where we're going. That is the end of the line right there. So all the other stuff that confuses and muddles up the the purpose for the struggle, I'm done with all that. I want Jesus, and I don't care what it costs me. And that is where I have ended up at after 43 years of marriage and a lot of seeing a lot of people go through struggles, but I understand God is still in it. As painful as it is, He's in it. You just have to apprehend Him and set Him as your 
course and as your prize in life. All right, that's it for this episode. Hey, if there's a question that you'd like us to answer on this show or an issue that you'd like us to tackle, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at purityforlife at purelifeministries.org. Again, that's purityforlife, all one word, at purelifeministries.org. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.